listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Going with part two, how you can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, last yesterday, if you didn't get a chance to watch, when this broadcast is over, you can go rewatch any place, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Also, we've been putting the audio on the Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. podcast for you to go listen to on your phone or tablet anytime you want, and that audio is already there, so you can go listen to the broadcast from yesterday. But today's going to be powerful. I'm so happy to have my father uh, back on. This is his studio that we're sitting in in West Virginia. Uh, We're finishing up a revival here at Calvary Temple, Assembly of God. Tonight's the final night and then all day Sunday, but it's been a wonderful revival, and it's great to have my dad Back on the broadcast with me, there's Arm Meshagan. I love Arm and his brother. I used to call him Ariel, but that's the uh, that's the Disney cartoon. That's right. That's the Little Mermaid. Yeah, but his real name <laughs> Ariel. is Ariel. Ariel. And then Alan. Yep. My three sons. That's right. <laughs> literally, their dad could say that. That's right. All three of them are anointed mm-hmm. and good men. I loved their grandfather. Yeah. Bishop Harry. Yep. He lived to be in his 90s. I would talk to him, call him. He always had a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's Pastor Matt Ward. Brother Ward. Good, good to have you on today. So this he is... He just was with John Bevere. Oh, yeah. I saw the picture on Instagram. I think it was Instagram. I saw him on there. He's looking old. Who's that? John Bevere. Oh, I thought you meant Pastor Matt Ward. He's young and vibrant. Who? Pastor Matt Ward. Brother Ward, I've never <laughs> seen a man with the strength and vitality. Yeah. The vim and vigor. The moxie. And the moxie. And you got to have that if you live in Maine. That's right. Like Brother Matt Ward. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm glad you guys are back today. Share the broadcast if you have not done so yet. We're going to jump in. Now, yesterday, we kind of got into the prerequisites. And just a, a quick overview. My father started by talking about the fact that you have to, number one, have knowledge of the gifts of the Spirit. You have to know what they are. You can't have desire until you know what you're desiring. And so we covered that, number one, you've got to have knowledge of the gifts. That's why Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant. You have to have knowledge. Then number two, my father taught you've got to have desire. And then to take it a step further, covet earnestly the best gifts. And then obviously, you've got to be saved and you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so those are prerequisites, obviously, to be used by the Lord. But then you could begin to talk about prayer and fasting. And you talked about the fact that private prayer and private dedication will bring public reward from the Lord. That's right. Because when you go in the closet and come out again, you'll still be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. But with a stronger anointing. Amen. And that was seen true. Isn't it interesting, too, that as soon as Jesus got filled with the Holy Spirit and after he was baptized in the Jordan River by John. It's always been interesting to me that the very first thing that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to do after his baptism was to fast and pray. And Luke chapter four and verse one said, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed for for 40 days. And then Luke 4.14 says, and he returned from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. 
So, and that's where that's where I wanted to pick up in a minute on mm-hmm. fasting. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is interesting. The very first thing he was first led to thing. do first thing. was fast and pray. Not heal the sick, not raise the dead, not cast out devils. And then correlated to that, then he returned in the power of the Spirit, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's a connection to having a powerful anointing and to operate in the Spirit with private prayer and private fasting. Amen. So I'll turn it to you now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, whatever you want to do. How wonderful. (laughs) Here's Pastor Terry Myers and her husband, Dean, from uh, St. Clairsville, Ohio. And, yeah, I was just thinking of you today, Brother Terry, and your wife. Terry is the wife. Dean is the husband. Huh? Dean is the husband. Right. But I was just thinking of them and his wife. They're wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, Just this morning. Um, In your Bible, the Bible tells us, and I want to look at this. First Romans fifteen nineteen. There's a see. I believe there's a key mm-hmm. to being used of God and in our uh, subject, how to be used in the gifts of the Spirit that you asked me to do. Mm-hmm. Romans fifteen, and I want you to notice this. I read this yesterday. The Bible says through mighty signs and wonders. Now, I dealt with the fact. The signs that are listed in Mark 16, which are four, mm-hmm. the Bible says, well, you know what? I want to read that. If you have your Bible, turn back to Mark chapter 16. Mark is the miracle book of the New Testament. I feel we should pray. Father, yeah. in Jesus' name, we thank you for the mighty anointing upon your word today. All of these that are watching Let us say something to help somebody to be further used by the Holy Spirit of God to set people free from demons and demonic strongholds and also that the church might be built up in this last hour. For we believe that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Ora shikanda baho. Jesus. Mazinga ridebo rebashika papande vizingo de baha. Roshunto, roshunta pasi. O ringingara da babaha. O rabaha. Where are you, church? Where are you, church? The Spirit of God would call. Know you not the hour? Don't you see the times? And why are the altars empty? And why are my ministers not being given? to the study of the word and to prayer. Come on back, rebuild the altars, and seek my face, declares the Lord, and I will answer from heaven with these powerful gifts that I have used many times in many generations, but especially this generation shall be anointed to do my work. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, lift your hand and praise God wherever you're watching. Thank Glory you, to Jesus. God. Glory to God. God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, in Mark 16, normally I would quote it, but I think sometimes we, you know, we we quote, we miss some things. And that's why I like to read it, because every time I read the Word of God, it's like God gives me something new. Mm -hmm. But in Mark chapter 16... Verse 15, Jesus said to his disciples, 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is what we call the Great Commission. Matt Ward, he's the president of Faith Bible College International, is training men and women to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there's a gentleman that gave him a matching challenge for everything he can raise through the end of December 31st in the next few weeks? It'll be matched. Praise God. And your mother and I, we're getting ready to send him up a check because we want to be a part of that blessing. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Brother Ward, not him personally, but what he does, the school, it represents this first part of the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. The Great Commission. And I like this because it's a worldwide vision. Mm -hmm. Number two, the message is the gospel. Number three, it's for everyone. Amen. Now, you'll remember, and let me drop down and read this. Verse 20 they went forth and preached everywhere. What do you think they preached, son? Gospel. The good news, the gospel. They went forth everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. And in a moment, we're going to talk about those signs. So if you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, primarily, and the major thought, you must preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord can work with you. When there are no signs, when there are no wonders that are taking place through your ministry, especially I'm talking to every preacher, but all believers, because the Bible says these signs follow them that believe, mm -hmm. you need to re-examine what you're preaching and teaching. If I preach a meeting and no one is saved, I go back to the hotel or wherever I'm staying and I pray and get the mind of God how to get people saved. Amen. If when I preach, there is no notable miracles, no blind, no deaf, no crippled. And I've done this for years. And the other day, a minister friend of mine, he's been in the ministry about 40 years. He said, well, isn't it wonderful, Brother Ted, how the Lord uses you? to see these miracles and these signs. And I said to him, are you a believer? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, of course I am. He laughed. Mm -hmm. I said, then those same signs and those same miracles should be following your ministry That's right. as well. This area of people, they use phrases like this, stay in your lane, it's not my gift, right. et cetera, et cetera. Now, do I believe that certain men and women have and I'm talking about the fivefold ministry gifts now. Do I believe that they have a certain anointing to preach along a certain line? Yes, I do. One of my favorite, favorite uh, men of God is Bishop Rick Thomas, where you go to church. I love him. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people don't know about him, if he wants to preach a message on faith, you'll find no one finer than that. Mm -hmm. If he wants to operate in the things of the Spirit, you'll find no one more desirous of that because I know him. He's like my brother. Well, he's known for the revelation the Lord gave him mm -hmm. on 
seed time and harvest, Genesis 8.22. Mm -hmm. That's what he's known for. And he released a book about 15 years ago, and it became so strong that all these years later, he's still teaching and preaching that revelation, mm -hmm. still doing it. But I talked to him, I think it was this year in February, and he said, you know, Brother Ted, I, I want God to use me in a greater measure in the gifts. So sometimes if you look at a certain minister, and I use him because I know he wouldn't mind us holding him up as an example of, of faithfulness. He stuck at this thing through thick and thin. But if you said to Bishop Thomas, he comes into a meeting, let's say he's going to preach on faith. And I said to him, you need to stay in your lane. Two things have happened. I have judged him to be only able to minister by the Spirit in the area of sea time and harvest. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I have put a limitation on his ministry if we're working together. Right. You follow what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you can't do that. Right. You have to go back to the Great Commission. And especially men and women of God that preach, don't let anybody put you in a box because as soon as they do, they've contained your ministry. Mm -hmm. I, I, I preach whatever God gives me. And if you like it, fine. If you don't like it, fine. But we need to be aware of the fact that at any given moment, the Spirit of God will make like your great message on the GPS, course corrections, mm -hmm. recorrect, uh, how do you say it? redirect? Yeah, uh, recalculate. Recalculate, there mm -hmm. you go. And, and we <clears throat> need to be open. If we're going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, which is the main thought of these two Facebooks yesterday and today, mm -hmm. then to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, you have to be open to the leading of the Spirit. You follow Amen. where I'm going yep. on this? yep. And if you're not open, so don't let anybody try to ID you or put a label on you or a title on you. You are a child of the Almighty God. That's it. And however God desires to use us, our desire should be yield to yes. the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yield to the Holy Ghost. Amen. We yield to the things of the Spirit. Now, then Jesus said, and I want you to get this. Don't miss it. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mm -hmm. So the reason I say that is there are some people who say, well, baptism has nothing to do with salvation. Well, is Jesus lying here? No, no. Because when you get saved, you need to be baptized. Right. And it's talking about water baptism here mm -hmm. because later in the book of Acts, Paul explained this to the disciples in Ephesus and talk to them about John's baptism, yep. Jesus's baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He's talking here, Jesus is, about being baptized in water because at this point, the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. Right. But John's baptism was confirmed. Now think about this. By Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. When the disciples of John, and you touched on this yesterday, when the disciples of John came to the Lord, they asked him a question. 
Are you the Messiah? Are you he that should come? Or should we be looking for another? Now, the Syrian version of that New Testament passage is interesting. Jesus said to them, go and tell John. Now, when you talk about telling, you're sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. Go tell John. And his answer was unorthodox, or was it? Go tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself referred to the signs, and of course, the working of miracles is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, healing, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself referred to the gifts of the Spirit, the signs, as the validation of who he was and that he was the Son of God. If Jesus felt it was necessary to speak to the gifts of the Spirit as his divine validation, then you and I need to pick up on that and desire these gifts mm -hmm. because it's the only way yes. we're going to make people aware of who Jesus is. Now, let me finish this thought. He that believeth not shall be damned. Notice it didn't say baptism here. Right. So it starts with believing. Yeah. Baptism in water is merely an outward confession of an inward work that mm -hmm. came through your believing. Right now, your mother's reading the book uh, on wrong and right believing by Brother Hagin. I said, uh, I see you're reading this, and she's working on, she's going to not only write an article, but she's working on a book, especially for women. She said, I just feel like women and mothers and pastors' wives, there's some things that she said I've learned over these 40-some years, and she's a good woman. Uh, but get this in your heart. If Jesus, this is very important, felt in communicating back to John the Baptist, his cousin, that he was the Messiah and that he references the gifts that are in operation. And remember, all of the gifts of the Spirit up until Pentecost were in operation except for tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Mm -hmm. But seven of the nine gifts are found from Genesis right on through to the book of Acts experience. So remember that. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. God has always been moving by his spirit upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Then Jesus goes on to say, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Mm -hmm. Now that word there means by my authority. Jesus regained the dominion that the first Adam lost. Mm -hmm. And so part of the regained authority that Jesus provided is the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Yep. So we could say this is a subtitle of what we've been dealing with. One, we're not to be ignorant. You have to have knowledge. Two, desire spiritual gifts. You get what you believe for. Desire spiritual gifts. Then we got into the area of praying. Mm -hmm. 
And then we got into the area, and we're starting in it, on fasting. However, don't discount this part of it as well. Jesus said plainly that the signs, Simeon, I believe is the word. I have a book by Brother Barclay, The Miracles of Jesus, and he deals with this in the first chapter. I have to get that out. I haven't read it for about 20 years, but anyhow, it got me thinking along these lines. And you need to think along these lines. This is not to discourage anyone, but to encourage you. Mm -hmm. If you do not have the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your life, you need to go back. You need to go back to the beginning, which is believing and even baptism. I'm not saying get baptized again. I'm just saying if something's not working, go back to the start. Mm-hmm. And start over. Yeah. Someone said, but Brother Ted, I'm 80 years old. Start over. Because if you're living your life without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're wasting your life. Mm -hmm. Because there dwelleth no good thing in the flesh. Right. And these things are accomplished by the Spirit of God. For example, can I, can I give you an example? I should have brought it in as an object lesson. I was talking with Frank Nemeth on Saturday past. And I said, Frank, I believe the Holy Ghost wants you to go to Vietnam and to preach and minister. He said, well, I have an invitation to Vietnam, and I also was thinking about India. So I sat there at the table with him, and it come up in my spirit, Vietnam first. I said, I believe you're right, because we're not led by prophets. We're led by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. I said, but the first, the first thing will be Vietnam. Well, he said, I have friends there that I supported over the years. And he and Bishop Thomas went over to Vietnam and built churches there. I don't know if you knew that mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. Well, I come. Your sister brings the mail to the house because we were on a 21-day road tour. And I take the first envelope. I open it up, and there's money in it. And you know what fell out? 600,000 dongs. That's Vietnamese money. That's it. exactly right. 600,000 Vietnamese dongs fell out of that envelope. I grabbed the phone. I, I got a hold of Frank. I said, Frank, how's this for a confirmation of the spirit? I'm talking to Brother Nemeth. Is he on today? I didn't see. If you're on, Brother I, I Frank, seen him. let us know. If you're not, God forgive you. So anyhow, no, I'm kidding um, I must have shaken my phone. It says reporter problem. There's no problem. <laughs> you stupid phone. Be quiet. You're not a smartphone. I called him. I said, Frank, remember we talked about Vietnam? I got a confirmation date. What was it? I said, I opened the first, the first envelope I opened that was addressed to me personally, because I look at my personal mail. Yeah. I said it was from a man. And he said his name was Chucky. And classic said, Vietnamese name. Classic Vietnamese yeah. name. Chucky. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> he said, the Lord told me to send you this Vietnamese money. Hold on to it. It'll become worth something. I went online to see what it was worth. $25.91 <laughs> the day I checked. I don't know what he thinks it's going up to. But anyhow, that wasn't what that was about. It was about what I'm teaching you right now. Yeah. The confirmation of the preaching of the gospel, the confirmation of fulfilling the great commission, the gifts of the spirit, 
the things of the Spirit are to enhance and to confirm that mighty gospel that Jesus Christ saves and heals mm. and delivers and will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm holding in my hand 600,000 dongs, Vietnamese money. And here Brother Frank and I were talking about it that very day. Wow. At the partner banquet. Mm -hmm. By the afternoon, there's the confirmation. Now, do you think that's a coincidence? No. no. Do you think that was a happenstance, as they used to say? No. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And that leading comes out of the preaching of the gospel. And the gospel produces the confirmation of the gifts of the Spirit confirming what you're preaching. And so Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Mm -hmm. In my name, they shall cast out devils. That's the gift of faith. God gives you the ability through special faith to cast out devils. Now, why was it special faith? Well, in Mark 9, when the father came to the disciples and inquired of them to cast the devil out of his son, the Bible says they could not. It doesn't say they would not. It right. says they could not. They couldn't. So then he comes to Jesus. He's a little double-minded. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. But Jesus, seeing the crowd run together, said, come out of him. And the devils came out. Now, the question then was, the disciples, why, why didn't that sign follow? We've been preaching what you told us. You said, go everywhere, preach the gospel, heal the sick, mm -hmm. anoint with oil. Why didn't it work for us? Now, here's a phrase that I, I studied this for a couple of years. This kind, there's a certain kind of devil that will not respond and come out unless you've been praying and fasting. In other words, the more I pray and fast, the stronger the gifts operate in our ministry. I'll be honest with you, I've proven that over the years. Mm -hmm. Now, there are two schools of thought. We need to talk about this. Okay. There are some that say you don't have to fast. Your authority, your dominion is already established by Christ. It'll work. Here's Jesus with them right there. Yeah. And it wasn't working. Right. All right. Then there's another group that say if you don't fast, God can never use you. I believe both of those are extremes, to be honest with you, son. Mm -hmm. I believe both are extremes. Now, you and I knew of a minister who we loved. He said, if I don't get my answer, if I fast for two or three days, then I, then I get it. Mm -hmm. Giving us the impression that at the most you fast two or three days and then you're okay. Right. Now, that may have been for him, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's for you. What does the Bible teach us? Now, I found out later, I was talking to another buddy of mine that knew him and said, there was a minister who was in his fellowship who went on a 40-day fast and did damage to his liver. Well, how did that happen? Well, he was drinking tap water, and the chlorine in tap water is so bad that it does damage to the organs of your body. There was a, a man in the Irish Rebellion that fasted 52 days in the 60s, and he went blind. All He, he wouldn't eat. He went on a, a hunger strike 
All he did was drink the water in the prison, but the chlorine blinded him. So, I mean, we know these things now, but in those days, the water was pure. It was from the ground, so forth. So you got to use wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And yes, we understand one of the keys is fasting, and that's where I wanted to go for a moment. First, we dealt yesterday with prayer, but now let's talk about fasting. They said we could not. What did Jesus say to those disciples later, son? He said, because of your unbelief. Unbelief. And then he said, how be it this kind cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting, and fasting, mm -hmm. which goes along with what Jesus taught in Matthew 6. Yeah. That's exactly what he taught in the sixth chapter of Matthew. That's right. And we have the record of it. So there is a certain kind of devil that must respond, that will respond to your prayers and your fasting. They brought a girl into our meeting in Akron, Ohio, from the insane asylum. Mm -hmm. Her husband brought her. I was preaching for Frank Nemus' father-in-law, Brother Chris Safoli. was what they used to call in those days a CCNA church, Christian Churches of North America, the Italians, the Italian assemblies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they brought her, and she was uncontrollable. One woman went to you know pray her special prayer, and the girl picked that woman up and threw her about five rows back into the auditorium. Mm. We're all gathered around the altar. And the Holy Spirit said to me, set yourself aside and fast and pray and tell the husband to bring her back on Friday. So I said that. I said, if you'll bring her back on Friday, we will minister to her. Some of the other ladies went and helped that lady that got hurt when the devil threw her. Happened so quick, we couldn't stop it. So I began to fast and pray. And the Lord said, have someone call the husband. She's on a medication. Make sure she quits taking it so that you're dealing just with the spirit and not some drugged up person. Well, you need to understand, and I need to understand. We got a lot of people that are on dope. I mean, they're drugged up. Right. And it, you cannot drug a devil. That's right. You cannot uh, desensitize someone to the point the devil leaves. No, you got to deal with the devil. So Friday night, they brought her back. And as soon as she came in, she starts yelling at me. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to like that. Pray for me, man of God. Mm -hmm. I said, thank you, devil. I said to my wife, I'm a man of God. <laughs> so she came up and the Lord said, lay your Bible on her. So I put my Bible on her. And she, the devil starts saying, it's burning me. It's burning me. Now, I've only done that once in 40-some years, but that's what happened. It's burning me. I'm not coming out. I said, you're coming out in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no. And the people all moved back about 10 yards. It was just me and your mom. Brother Christopher and the demon-possessed woman, even her husband, joined the women. Well, on the way to church, they brought her in the institution's bus. The demonic power was on her so strong, she grabbed a chunk of the seat and ripped it and the springs out in just one area of the seat. I went out and looked at it under demonic strength. They couldn't contain it. They were going to try to put a uh, <coughs> straitjacket on her. They couldn't hold her. But she began to shrink under the anointing of the Spirit of God, special faith 
that causes these signs which follow the preaching of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I cast the devil out of her. An awful, awful smell, Teddy, came out of her mouth. And then the devil started coming out. The Bible says in, in the Bible, when the devils, they came out crying with loud voices, that's what happened. A crying, loud voice. Mm -hmm. ah! Ah! And I felt, literally the Lord is saying, do not tear her from the scripture. So I said, and don't tear her. And finally, she was delivered. She looked around. It was like she woke up in a new world, a new world. What I learned about the gifts of the Spirit, they're not to enhance your ministry. I used to see advertising back in the 70s. Come see a man who has all nine gifts in operation. If that's not vanity, I don't know what is. If that's not pride, I don't know what is. Gordon Lindsay, you, you remember that name? Yes. He said, if you advertise you're going to heal the sick, make sure you heal them. And he was trying to bring some correction in the voice of healing at that time. And I have the article he wrote. He said, if you say the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk, then make sure the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. That's just wisdom. Yeah. You know what we put on our uh, flyers now. I never used to. But when we do our citywide outdoor crusades, we put on the flyer, prayer for the sick, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk. I do put that. Because over the process of time, I fasted until God gave me the anointing to see the blind healed. Are all the blind healed in our meetings? I believe when they're prayed for, the healing power is there. But do all receive instantaneously by the working of miracles? No. Some receive by the gifts of healing. And I always encourage them to praise God the whole way home. Yeah. I was in Orange, Massachusetts, up on Route 2, an Assembly of God church that Brother Berkey had founded. And my precious friend from Bible school, Bill Button, was pastoring them. <clears throat> and they brought a Catholic woman who was totally blind. She'd been to the Boston, uh, Massachusetts Hospital there in Boston. Uh, and she, they said, you're blind. And they bought her a, a seen eye dog. Here she comes with her friend who attended that church. When she came through, of course, she's blind. She's Catholic. And she says to me, Father, I need your blessing. I want to see. Well, I wasn't her father. I'm just a preacher. But... This is how the Catholics are taught and believe, and it was all right. I didn't get upset. I just want to make sure the dog didn't bite me when I prayed for her. <laughs> so I laid my hands on her eyes, Teddy, and I rebuked the blind spirits, commanded them to come out of her. And I looked at her, and as far as in the natural, she still looked blind. And the Lord told me this, and I've stuck to it ever since. He said, never say when you pray in faith, nothing happened. Right. But call it done. Amen. So I, with that word in my spirit, I said to her, Sister, it's done. Praise God the whole way home. Now, as she walked out, she looked just as blind as she was. I turned to Bill Button. I said, I believe God's going to do it. They got into a Volkswagen because when your mom and I went out into the parking lot because we were going to go back to Providence that night to your grandparents' home. 
I saw him get in the, the lady helper blind friend in the natural look blind mm -hmm. into the Volkswagen, and there they go. Mom and I get in the, you remember we used to call it the pea soup, the green Grand Prix I used to have. <laughs> we drove down to Providence. Well, we found out later, Pastor Button told me, on the way home, the lady said, he said to praise God. What does that mean? Well, her friend driving said, you do this. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that I received. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. And this is helping somebody right now. Mm -hmm. This is how miracles are released <clears throat> in you. You begin to thank the Lord. I dealt with that yesterday, Lillian B. Omens. The Lord said, you're a little low on praise. Hallelujah. Bring the balance out. Not, not always asking, but also praising God that it's done. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And she started doing that. Catholic lady didn't know what it was, but did it. And going towards North Adams Mass, all of a sudden, both of her blind eyes came open. Oh, I see the street lights. Oh, I'm seen. And the lady told us later, even the dog was happy. He was barking. <laughs> now, a year goes by, and, and your mother and I went back up, not to that church, but we were going through that area to go over to uh, uh, Clifton Park, New York, to preach for Paul Tabano. And they had on route to an apple barn where you go and get some cold apple cider and apples, whatever. So I go in, and there's two women from, or no, one woman from New York in front of us. I could tell by her accent. Plus, I saw the license plate when I went in. Mm -hmm. And she's talking, and it's my turn to order. I said, I'll have uh, two apple ciders, please. And the lady goes, is that you, Father Shuttlesworth? I said, yeah, how do you know me? I'm the woman that was blind that you prayed for last year. Here she's working the cash register. <laughs> You've heard me tell this, haven't yeah. you? And the lady from New York goes, oh, my God. She had a cigarette <laughs> voice. Oh, my God. And I looked at her, I said, yes, and he's our God too. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we took, And I took the testimony right there so that dear woman from New York could hear of the power of God. Mm -hmm. Part of fulfilling the Great Commission are the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, and Jesus said they would follow. Mm -hmm. Now, here was my point. The working of miracles and the gifts of healing, two distinct operations of the gifts of the Spirit, but because the woman praised the Lord, now, the gifts of healing, it didn't take long, about one hour. Yeah. But miracles are instantaneous. But don't back off of operating in the gifts because in the natural you don't see what you're praying for. The Lord told me, never say nothing happened right. when you've prayed in faith. Jesus then goes on to say, I love this, they shall speak with new tongues. That's the utterance gifts, mm -hmm. part of the baptism, the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then the Bible says, and I like this, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. This is divine protection. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The utterance gifts, the power gifts, these are all, and these are the four signs that Jesus said would follow every believer. Mm -hmm. Every believer. But notice that it comes by the preaching of the gospel, and then again, 
And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them mm-hmm. and confirming the word with signs following. Now go back to Romans 15, 19, where the apostle Paul said this. And make sure if you have any questions, Ted, watch for it. I want to make sure we help people get answers today. Yeah. Because it is question and answers on the gifts of the Spirit, how to be yeah. used. Paul said, Romans 15, 19, through mighty signs, now we just dealt with the signs, mm-hmm. and wonders. What is a wonder? Freddie Clark used to say, whatever makes you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen things that are wonders. I was praying for a woman in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania that was deaf in one of her ears, and all of a sudden oil began to run right off of her hands. I stopped, I showed the people. I said, has this ever happened to you before? No, she didn't even know it was. She's a little fearful about it. I took the oil with my finger, stuck in her deaf ear, and instantly her deaf ear came open. Wow. That was a wonder. Yeah. That was a wonder. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. A young boy named Jay was in our meeting in Maine, and he started crying. He's about four years old. I said, what are you crying about? He said, Jesus is standing right behind you. I turned around. I didn't see anybody, but he saw Jesus. You know, years later, I had my tent up in Sarasota on the fairgrounds. Jay now is a pastor of a church down in Florida. I said, Jay, do you remember when you were a boy, you told me you saw Jesus in that church in Maine? He said, I did, and that's why I'm in the ministry. That was a wonder. Wow. Makes you wonder. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We need our signs and wonders. Now, Paul said, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. So these things come by the anointing, the power there, the ability, the capacity, or force is one translation of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem, round about unto Elaricum, I have fully preached the gospel. The full gospel message is the message that has the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Mm-hmm. Amen. I have no... I'm not going out of the text. The exegesis proves it by that I mean right here, right in the text. We're hermeneutically sound. (laughs) The full gospel is the gospel has the moving of the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders. Then Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And of power. So you see, the power is one thing, the demonstration is another thing. Right. The power is one thing, the demonstration is another. So the power is the potential. Every believer has power, but not every believer manifests All power. that you need is in the in is in God. Mm-hmm. His reservoir will never run dry. Yep. But the manifestation is the part you play in bringing the power to bear. You understand what I mean by that? Yeah. So it's the scripture that defines this in the book of Acts. By the hands of the apostles, natural men, manifestations, God wrought mighty signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Yep. This is how they work. So it is the natural man being given over to the supernatural power of God. Now look at this last verse before we go any further. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The reason why people get shaky spiritually is because there's a lack of manifestation. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons why we need the gifts of the Spirit. Absolutely. Karen, to answer your question, when the Bible says that, uh, and Jesus prophesied this, that persecution, that's the trials and tribulations. When Christ talked about it and Apostle Paul 
Trials, tribulation, carrying your cross never meant being sick or diseased. It didn't mean anything that the devil has put on that Christ redeemed us from. It always was dealing with persecution of ungodly men and women who have an antichrist spirit and agenda that do not like. Jesus said they hated me before they hated you. And if they hated Christ, then they hated his children. And so the trials, the tribulations, they have nothing to do with sickness or disease. And the Bible doesn't teach that you're to have them. Yeah, Jesus prophesied that there would be persecution. They that would live godly in Christ Jesus mm -hmm. must suffer persecution. Right. This is happening right now with Chick-fil-A. Mixed messages came out of their corporate headquarters. People are wondering, what's going on? Well, part of their success is because the founder honored Jesus Christ through his business. A new generation has come along. They're finding their way. Uh, our dear brother Franklin Graham called, I think it was yesterday. He's just verifying what's going on. But the truth is, every generation has to have their personal understanding of Christ, and you will be persecuted. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's God doing it, which I think is the point that they're making. Correct. It's always ungodly people with right. an antichrist spirit right. that try to stand against the Christ in you. What God has given you, the world hates. So what should we do? We should pray like I would pray for Chick-fil-A, that they would do the right thing. I think what it was was the timing that happens. And I, want, I don't want to get into this on your Facebook, but sometimes the timing of the attacks of the enemy are not always when we want it to happen. Mm -hmm. But God lives outside of time. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And I do believe, a lot of people on YouTube today, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people need to remember God deals with these things outside of time. In other words, he deals with what comes against us from eternity mm -hmm. and from eternity's perspective. Someday we'll make heaven our home. So it's not wrong or it doesn't mean you've sinned mm -hmm. or it doesn't mean there's a lack of faith in your life because you're being persecuted. But you need to know who's given the test. Right. James 1, every good gift comes down from the Father. Mm -hmm. So... If a man is tempted with evil, let him not say he's being tempted by God or that God allows that. No, right. no, no. God allows what you allow. Mm -hmm. You have to use your authority. This is what I'm dealing with now about the gifts of the Spirit. We choose to manifest them. Yeah. And how did you say it? The power is the potential that's in every potential. Believer. But you and I determine the operation. To, ask, to answer Oscar's question, it is correct to say that a message without manifestation is incomplete. And that's what Paul was saying in Romans 15, 19. Right. I have fully preached the gospel with what? Signs and wonders yeah. by the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you're, uh, remember this. Preaching is never an end unto itself. It's a means, means to, an end. to an end. The end is what God wants to do in people. Salvation, healing, baptism of the Holy Spirit, deliverance. All these different things are the end. That's what Christ wants to manifest in the life of a man or woman. Preaching is the avenue that builds faith in them so that they can receive the end. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So when you preach, it should... I, I don't ever think you should have a service, and you can tell me if you think that's right, where you just preach and then pray and close and dismiss. 
There should God should be moving. I mean, I understand that there's times where there's believers meetings and teaching services where we have teaching, but God wants to use the faith that's built through the preaching and teaching of the word to manifest his presence. Well, this is the pattern we use in our camp meeting every year. The next one will be 2020, April 28th through May 1st. But the day services, we, we do try to leave room for the moving of the spirit. But one of the things about our camp meeting is, is the fellowship. So the day service starts at about 1030. And then the meals are prepared and ready around 12 noon or so. We don't try to cut it off. In fact, last year, the Friday mission service that Mary Cuffton did such yeah. a great job in yielding to the Spirit, people are around the altars for an hour. And you know what? You just eat the food when you get it. That's yeah. all. Right. But um, the night services, sort of anything can go. Right. And Karen's asking, uh, how do we know we're being spiritually attacked? I have a heavy depression that I can't shake. The way you know you're spiritually attacked is number one, you know that God's what God's nature is. God's nature is always to heal you, to help you. The gospel, as T.L. Osborne said in one verse, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let's Every, pray for her right now. Yeah, we'll Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this battle that she's going through. Yeah. Now, sister, lift your hands where you're watching this, unless you're driving. Father, in Jesus', Jesus name. name, I take authority over this attack. And she uses her authority, and we agree with her. It's over. In Jesus', Jesus name, name. And we give God the praise. Yeah. I see Arthur's on from California. That's it. Praise God. Yeah, it's never from God, Karen. Wicked and evil things that destroy the mind, the body, relationships, finances, they're never from God. And you don't want to be destroyed, so it's not from you. Right. And it's and the Bible actually speaks of a spirit of heaviness. As you just said, I have a heavy depression. That spirit of heaviness is something God delivers you from. Isaiah 61. Good questions. I know it's a good question. Uh, in all your study or teaching uh, of the gifts of the Spirit, you've read so many books over the years about the gifts of the Spirit. You're writing books now on the gifts of the Spirit. Has you, have you ever heard anyone teach or preach or write on why seven of the gifts were present in the Old Testament? Why do you think God saved the other two for the New Testament? <clears throat> yes, because uh, there is a series of books by Gordon Lindsay on the gifts of the Spirit. And in there, it's called, I think the title is Survey of the gifts in the Old Testament. There's a couple of chapters. He gives examples. And he says, in his teaching, the reason why tongues and interpretation of tongues was not present is because, and I teach this in my book, the utterance gifts come out of the spirit of a man. And the spirit of a man was not renewed until after the cross. until after the cross. Because before that, all men were dead in trespasses and sins. All men. Jesus was the only man who was born sin-free mm -hmm. because his father was God, Jehovah. Mm -hmm. So 
the blood, the cross, was the gateway to Pentecost and the coming of the Spirit. For Jesus taught in John 16, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will lead and guide you into all truth, and he shall show you things to come. The divine Paracletos, the one called alongside to help, could not be given until Jesus ascended up to heaven. G. Campbell Morgan in his book wrote, When the Spirit was outpoured, it was God's telegram from heaven saying, I'm now seated at the right hand of the Father. Campbell Morgan, he, he was an English preacher. He had great words. He said, the dove was released from the ark, but it never returned back to Noah's hand. But it flew over, and he starts naming the Old Testament books, and it flew over, and it flew over Jeremiah, and it flew over Isaiah, it flew over Lamentations, it flew over the Psalms, it flew over. But one day in Mark's gospel at Bethabara, the dove descended upon Jesus in the waters of baptism. I always love that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to memorize that and preach it just to impress myself. Amen. <laughs> the, the spirit was not yet fully come. Mm -hmm. So there is what the Bible calls the fullness of times. Mm -hmm. So Gordon Lindsay mentioned the fact that tongues, the interpretation of tongues, come out of your spirit. Man is a three-part being, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, mm -hmm. spirit, soul, and body. The gifts that work in your soul are the revelation gifts. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The gifts that work for and through your body are the power gifts. Mm -hmm. But the utterance gifts work through the spirit. And until a man's spirit was renewed, mm -hmm. old things pass away, all things become new. That didn't happen until after the cross. So what did Gordon Lindsay teach about prophecy, that it was just the prophets I was separated that, by God? But that's, that's good that you think like that. Amen. Holy men of old spake, how? Under the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit. They came and wrote, them. how? Under the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit. So there's a book Brother Hagin wrote called The Spirit Within mm -hmm. and The Spirit Within. Upon. And he got that from uh, Brother Shambach's Bible school teacher at Green Lane who wrote the same book by the same title mm -hmm. and was friends with Brother Hagin when Brother Hagin was a young boy preacher. The missionary, he came from China, Assembly of God, became the president of the Bible College at Green Lane where Brother Benjarno went, Paul Tabano, so many of our friends. And um, he dealt with the fact that in the Old Testament that when men prophesied, it says, passage after passage, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. Mm -hmm. But for tongues and in Interpretation of tongues to work, it comes out of you. You build up your most holy faith by praying in tongues. Mm -hmm. So the distinction was the gift of prophecy was activated by the Holy Ghost in passage after passage in the Old Testament. But notice the wording, and the Spirit came upon them. The Spirit came upon Samuel. Mm -hmm. The Spirit came upon Samson. Mm -hmm. And so the spirit was not within, but he came upon. The difference then was 
where the gift of prophecy, as holy men of old would speak and function under that anointing, literally, there was a scripture. Do you remember the scripture? That God is to make our tongue like the pen of a ready writer. Mm -hmm. a writer. Then Isaiah said about tongues that that day would come. That God would speak unto his people with stammering lips and another tongue. Shall I speak unto this people? And therewith it would be provided them a rest. I call it the rest of faith. Right. But they said we would not. An unregenerated spirit cannot yield to the Holy Spirit That's right. until you've been cleansed and delivered by the blood. Yeah. I don't have time in just this Facebook, but there... Maybe I should, well, I am writing this in on the series when I do Tongues and Interpretation. So I'm putting together, right now I've got four books that I have the titles and the outlines for called The Gifts of the Spirit, Studies in the Gifts of the Spirit. I took my notes of 45 years or more, and I've put them together. Uh, by next week, my son and I are believing I'm on the last chapter of the first volume which is introduction to the gifts of the spirit mm -hmm. the title is called the camels are coming but to wrap that up and i don't remember the exact question now but i don't know if you asked it or they asked it this is one of the reasons why that only the gift of prophecy operated in the old testament because moses was a prophet right abraham was a prophet mm -hmm. But they didn't speak in tongues. Right. And when you prophesy, the whole part of that is, if you read in 1 Corinthians, it's in the language of the believer to edify the church. Right. Whereas tongues is a language you haven't learned. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're not going to speak in a language under the anointing that they haven't learned. It wouldn't edify or help anybody in the Old Testament anyhow. Right. But the gift of prophecy did because of the threefold function of what the gift of prophecy does mm -hmm. is clearly seen in the examples in the Old Testament. Right. And so we need to understand that Eli, the, prophet, uh, the, the um, priest, there was a prophecy given concerning him and his family, but it didn't come to pass. Why? Because even in the Old Testament, prophecy given could be thwarted or changed by the individual. Mm -hmm. Isaiah prophesied to the king he was going to die. Set your house in order. You're going to catch the big bus to heaven. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Amos. He turned over to the wall and repented. And repented. Isaiah's not even out of the courtyard. And the Lord said, "Go back and tell him I'm going to give him more years." I believe it was what fifteen. And he goes back. You determine what you do when the word of prophecy comes to you. See, for example, Philip had four daughters that prophesied. Agabus prophesied. By demonstration, they bound up Paul in a girdle. Said, this is what's going to happen to you when you go to Jerusalem. But Paul still went. Yep. Then again, Agabus, there, there was a prophecy given. There would be a Darth in the land, famine. But then 
the Bible says right after that, then they determined what they would do. So there is this misunderstanding about the gifts and in their operation that somehow God just overrules the will of the people to make these things happen. And that's not true. You have to learn how to receive mm-hmm. the gifts. Sometimes the Lord will give you a prophecy to warn you so that you will make a decision is the point you're making. Change your direction. Yeah, God's done that to me many times. Uh, Joseph Arnold said, is there a way to pre-order the book? Yes, Brother Joseph. Write your check for $10,000. No. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, Joseph. Because you're so kind to ask, I'll send it to you free. I'll, I'll make sure your name's down. And um, Merry so Christmas. Here's, here's a question coming from the U.K., uh, three questions in one. We'll break it down into three separate questions. Number one, can you elaborate on the power of proximity and prophecy? As in First Samuel 19, and he didn't know until he stood in front of David. This is the one that God... Did he say proximity? Because that's in yeah, my book. he said the power of proximity and prophecy. Um, and that happened when, when Samuel stood in front of David. That was First Samuel 16. Not in front of David, in front of Jesse. No, and his knew. sons passed by, and, and he, he knew, knew it was none of, them. none of them. But right. he said, is there not another? And then he knew. Jesse said, well, I got another son. He's out guarding the sheep. Yeah. The proximity, the anointing, the woman with the issue of blood, it was when she touched Christ, pressed through the crowd. Mm-hmm. I have a whole section on the proximity of the anointing in my new book. That's why I asked if he used that phrase, because we actually yeah, addressed it. Power of proximity and prophecy. Mm-hmm. The second was... Uh, the power of the anointing that you serve, which is also in your book, to have a gift, you have to sit under a gift. And then the final question Joel's asking is, uh, uh, just like the Shunammite woman, the anointing that you sow into is the anointing you'll receive. Anything on that? All right, let me just stop here. Are you talking about sow as in finances, Joel? Type that yeah, he's, he's putting in like the Shunammite woman. Well, I don't think she sowed. I think she honored him by providing a room for him to come to. Did that cost them something to do that? Sure, sure. it probably did. But be very careful in thinking that you can buy the gifts. Right. This was the problem in Samaria when Simon the sorcerer saw what was happening through Philip's ministry. He sought to buy it. Someone said he was trying to sow. I had one preacher who was very extreme. He said he sowed wrongly. Well, it's not wrong to desire spiritual gifts. The Bible said you're supposed to. Right. No, the, the teaching is freely you have received, freely give. You cannot buy a gift, but you do have to pay the price. Right. To sit under that gift, to follow that gift. I knew a man, every time Brother Hagin had a meeting once a month, he would take his money and fly to that meeting to sit in Brother Hagin's meeting. He did that month after month. He did that year after year. And now, all these years later, Brother Hagin's been in heaven for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. 16 years 16 Brother Hagin's been gone. Well, that man's ministry is so much like Brother Hagin's. Not so much the manner, well, even some of the mannerisms, but he got it. He, You see, you receive by impartation. Mm-hmm. And as my son just said, to have a gift, 
You have to sit under a gift. You got to pay the price. Right. There's a price to be paid. But can you buy the gift? No. Mm. So let's just say, all right, let, let's take that a little further. One time God told me to give Lester Sumrall all my money. Why did God tell me to do it? I found out when I was in Mishawaka, Indiana, preaching that Brother Sumrall, somehow they found out I was there. And he wanted me to come. He was going to interview me. And this was a good Friday. And uh, so anyhow, I uh, stayed up all the night before out in the hallway on that braided rug praying. I said, Lord, I'm going to meet one of the greatest men of our generation. He's a great man of God. What should I do? What should I say? I took it serious. Just as clear, I heard the Lord say, give him all your money. This was the first time in probably six or seven years I had money ahead. I had four $100 bills in my wallet and I had about $60 in the checking account. So I go in in the morning. Your mom's waking up. I said, honey, I'm going to get ready now. I'm going to go over to the studio in South Bend. I said, the Lord told me to do something. This is how your mother always has been sensitive to the spirit. She said, you're going to give him all of our money. I said, that's exactly right. She said, good. And I went over there. And on the telecast, Brother Summerall asked me some questions. I kept feeling it and feeling it. It's like you know you're supposed to do something in the spirit. I kept feeling it and feeling it. Finally, I said, Brother Summerall, the Lord told me to give you something. And I reached in my suit pocket. Later, his wife, Louise, rebuked me. She said, he didn't know if you were going to bring a gun out or a knife or what. <laughs> but I brought out the money. <laughs> and I said, Brother Summerall, this is everything my wife and I. You know, I even forgot I was on television. That's how lost in the spirit I was. Because later, a man said in the revival, Mishawaka, if you'd have said anything about giving all your money to him, I wouldn't come to the rest of this revival. But I actually forgot how it was on TV, and it was being watched all around Brother Summerall's network, Let's see Network. Well, tears started running down Brother Summerall's face. And he reached over and took my hand. He said, even as Wigglesworth prophesied over me and blessed me with tears, so I bless you. Then the next words, you are the new breed you are the new breed and then by impartation he asked the lord to anoint me as wigglesworth was anointed as he was anointed all right number one did i know he was going to do that no number two did i give him the money to get that joe no did he do it yes did the spirit tell me to give him the money yes so in this area, very, very important to be led by the Spirit as to who you follow. Right. And again, it goes back to desire spiritual gifts. I had read his book, I still have it, that he wrote about the early days of his ministry, Adventuring uh, with Christ. Mm -hmm. I have it at the, in my library at home. And it stirred me to be used of God. Mm -hmm. Really, 
It's not really even about the gifts as much as it is to be used of God. And it's important to remember, even with the Shunammite woman, Joel, you know, after she did that for the prophet, you know, she did not become a prophet after that. You know, she didn't receive his anointing and take, take his mantle, but she was blessed because of her giving. Seed time and harvest always works. It always works. What does it say there, by association? Yeah, uh, Pat Blay wrote, or David Blay wrote, by association. Nicholas says, uh, when you receive, uh, when you say revelation. Hello, David. Uh, Nicholas saying, when you say the revelation gifts are of the soul, is that because we have the mind of Christ that they come as a thought? What does the word revelation mean? To have a new knowledge of. Something is revealed to you. What was the word in the Old Testament when these gifts operated? They were seers. A seer. The Bible says that the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, these come to you through the soulish realm. What is the soul see? The mind, the will, the intellect, your emotions. And so the revelation gifts flow out of that. I deal with this in my book yeah. with a great, as you helped me rewrite that chapter. That book, Teddy, how long will it take once it goes to the printer? Mm. Will we have it ready maybe by? A couple, maybe a couple of weeks once it's approved. So we could say by January 1st it would be ready to go out? I, I would say so. If you follow my son's ministry and you're interested in getting this teaching, because it's, I like to go in in depth. I think if you just gloss over things, you miss it. But I can prove to you that the spirit, the soul, and the body are also three redemptive experiences. Your spirit is renewed by salvation. Mm -hmm. Your soul by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Your body by the healing power of God. Mm -hmm. All of the gifts operate within the redemptive context. Yeah. Now, if you take that understanding then, then you understand that if you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, old things are passed away, you have a brand new spirit. That is where the Lord will use you. And now in this time, the spirit comes from within. Stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. Talking about your spirit. Right. And in particular, he talked about prophecy that you might war a good warfare. Right. So therefore, that's an utterance gift that comes on the inside of you. I I think the so that he's not confused. Obviously, all of the gifts come out of the Spirit of God, but I think what you're teaching is the 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 way that they're released. Like you said, when you have those revelation gifts, sometimes you see it, sometimes you know it, sometimes you hear it. Yeah, and see, here's the thing. So there is no confusion. The gifts are in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're in him and not in you, but through you, is seen in 1 Corinthians 12 when it says, and he gives to one mm -hmm. and to another and so forth. So the spirit is always seen as the giver of the gifts. Right. But they're not resident in you. But the Holy Spirit can be in you. But they flow out of, in other words, the source is the Holy Spirit himself. Absolutely. So, and, and, and if you hit, weren't here when my father was teaching on that, the power gifts are gifts that flow out of your body, something you do. You take action, lay hands on the sick, you know. And then the revelation gives something that comes through a knowing, a seeing, a hearing. And then the utterance gives coming out of your spirit, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. 
It's going to be a great. All you got to do is stir up the gift. Mm -hmm. In particular, he's talking about the gift of prophecy to Timothy, but it can be stirred up. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, if I really want to get operating, music, even like in the Old Testament, when the minstrels played, the prophets prophesied. You can stir up the utterance gifts by a certain kind of music. Mm -hmm. There was music clear back in the Old Testament. may not have been uh, a pounding Hammond organ and drums and so forth, although it does say praise him skillfully on the drums, the cymbals. So they did have these things, timbrels or tambourines. I took up a tambourine last night in Teddy's meeting, and I beat the fire out of it. <laughs> and little Teddy, his son, my grandson, he said, let me have it. And for a few minutes till it got too heavy for his little arm, he had a beat. <laughs> He's going to be a timbrel player. That's it. You know, one time Brother Perky told me, I can't stand tambourines. Did I ever tell you that? Yeah. And, you know, we love Mike Perky and John yeah. and his yeah. sons. And dear Mary, we love but not everybody can play a tambourine. True. And uh, but very true. The Bible says it's scriptural. <laughs> There's been many a tambourine player that have thrown off the band in the crowd. That's right. <laughs> can't get a beat. One thing you can't stand is a tambourine player that can't play. Uh, the book will be available. Of course, you'll be able to get it through TedShuttlesworth.com. You'll also be able to find it uh, in all of your ebook stores that you can get it for your tablet. Apple Books, uh, Amazon Kindle, you'll be able to get the download of that book, purchase there. That won't be right away because the first thing we're doing is what we're calling a signature series. The signature series will be the first ones off the press that are hardback, that I sign them and number them as they come off the press. And I'm only going to do 1,000 of the signature series and then that'll be it. Right. Those are the ones that I will sign. They'll be numbered because I wanted to do something special because I believe this is my life's work mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Right. And and what you value, you'll, you'll you know, you got, you got to have value to it. Absolutely. Then after that's done, it will come out in, what what is that, Matt? Paperback and... Paperback and then the person. Kindle and everything he said. But on January 1st, the goal is, first, the signature series. Uh, there's only, as far as I know, only 1,000 that we're going to do. And uh, that's the plan. And then the money that comes from that will go to our worldwide missionary outreach program. Uh, I have never kept the royalties of any of my messages, books, or tapes like some ministers do. And that's fine if they do it. I made a deal with God. If you'll use me, I'll put all the monies back into the ministry. And, uh, yeah, and there's, uh, that, the signature series will be able to be purchased from tedshuttlesworth.com. Correct. So when that comes out, you'll be able to go to shop.tedshuttlesworth.com and purchase it. There'll uh, be like yeah. a slider on the website yeah, we'll, we'll make it where available. you click on it. Social but I'm just letting that. you know the signature series will be $100 for the first 1000 that's what it's going to be. Then the paperback, I think the format's about 20-something. You may want to wait for that, but it probably won't be out till the summer. We're already six months behind on publishing schedule because of things we had to change, but we're ready to go to the press next week. The Lord willing, creek don't rise. Amen. <laughs> and then I, I say that because T.L. Osborne told me, he said, you have to put value 
on what you do so that people do not uh, miss the opportunity to receive. And he had a series he put out. He wanted $4,000 for him. Mm-hmm. And he offered it to me. I forget what it was. It was like all of his Faith Digest pictures and everything from his Crusades hardbound. And I tried to talk to your mom. I said, could you get me Brother Osborne series? <laughs> and LaDonna may still offer it. I don't know. But I never did get it. Because that for me, that was a lot of money. I didn't want to come out with some exorbitant amount. But because this is for uh, the proceeds are for world missions, our feeding programs, all that we're doing, the first thousand books will be hardcover, very special edition. And all of the monies, other than, of course, the cost of publishing, will go to worldwide uh, outreaches that the ministry is involved in. Not one penny comes to me. And as I said, my wife and I have signed the royalties over to the ministry. Uh, That's yes, Letty. That's it. We're going to be making those available. Um, The um, there's not a pre-order up currently on the website, but it will be available soon. We'll put it on social media. It'll be made available. You'll know when it's out uh, here very soon. Charlie Champ asking about how you've you've taught about the companion gifts. He said, "Have you noticed that the word of knowledge usually flows into the gifts of healing or the working of miracles?" In the Bible, let me take one miracle, which was the same in, in this sense. Acts 3, the man who was crippled from his mother's womb, Peter and John come up. He's begging for alms, and he says to Peter, I need some money. Peter says what? Look on us. This is the gift of faith. Peter felt like there was something in him for the man at that moment. All the gifts work by inspiration and are immediate. So Brother Charlie, you know this. He looked upon them expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you, Rise up and walk. The gift of faith has within it what I call the decree of faith or the command of faith. Then the working of miracles took place. He stood immediately. Strength came into his ankle bones. That was the gift of faith, the working of miracles. Those are both companion gifts there. Now to your question, Brother Charlie. Then in the book of Acts, when Paul went into the Lystra area for the first time, and the Bible says, and there he preached the gospel unto them. And there was a man sitting there, crippled from his mother's womb, just like the man in Acts 3, but a different administration of the gifts here. Paul perceiving that would be a revelation gift, and in particular, Charlie, you're right, that would be the word of knowledge. Paul perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said unto the man, rise up and walk. And the man was healed. He was healed. Same exact condition as Acts 3, but different companion gifts. And there was the word of knowledge with the working of miracles coupled to it. So there we could see, yes, the word of knowledge then produced the working of miracles. It can also be seen in the area of the gifts of healing. And in my book, Ideal, there's a whole section called the companion gifts uh, where I bring that out. 
any questions that anybody has before we pray and and uh, and get ready to finish today? We want to take a, a few more questions because we said that we would at the end of this broadcast. So if you have questions on the gifts of the Spirit, um, how to operate, anything in particular that you've been wondering while my father's been teaching, take a minute and put it in the comments section. And uh, for everybody, a lot of people are excited for the books on the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, I saw your nephew, your cousin, my nephew, was running the teaching on the gifts again last night that I did with him two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep, people are excited about it, and it needs to be taught. Uh, and so we'll put that out, and you'll know we'll put out things on uh, on social media. It'll be on the website. It'll be on the store online. Uh, I'll share it so those of you that follow me as well, you'll see that the books are available for order, and um, it, it shouldn't be uh, much longer now uh, as we're getting these ready to go to the printer. Karen saying, what is the mind of Christ? Is that following the Father's will? You asking me, son? Yes, she's asking. Well, what is the mind of Christ? There's a Greek word, and it's used in Philippians. It's the word kenosis. Where Jesus emptied himself. But what did he empty himself of? The full uh, nature and knowledge of God. And you can see that he had limited knowledge throughout the New Testament of certain things. So would you then go on to say that any time he manifested instruction or knowledge, it was the gifts of the Spirit and not his heavenly nature? Absolutely, yeah. He had to, as we know... He had to go through his life as a man, as the prototype man, so that we could do exactly what he did. He didn't take the advantage. So of he became his, an example for us. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 says that Jesus Christ was the exact representation of the nature of God on the earth. However, he emptied himself of his divine nature so that he could go through life as a man, showing us it's possible to live a life of power and authority and holiness and he did not take the advantage of his heavenly nature into the earth, but he operated by faith, holiness, self-control. And so you can even see, even when he answers the disciples and says, it's not, I don't know these things. Only my father in heaven knows these things. So there were things while Jesus was a man that he had emptied himself of even uh, omniscient or knowing all things. He didn't know all things as the man on the earth. So would we say he relied on the Holy Spirit like we have to? Absolutely. Yep. Now, in Philippians 2, let's deal with what the Bible says about it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, mm -hmm. who, being in the form of God, you just dealt with that, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Mm -hmm. This is a big controversy because some people say, well... They think they're little gods. Well, in some senses, we're created in his image, Genesis 1.26, and we're renewed by the Spirit to become like Christ. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be wrong to say there was 
one Son of God that came to the earth, but after the outpouring of the Spirit, there are many sons and daughters of God. Right. So understand that the similarity is we are created in the image of God, Genesis 1.26. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, we are to become like Jesus. Yep. Now, Paul goes on to teach this. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. So he made himself not to have the reputation that we would say of equality with God. But he did say in John, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. He did say the works that I do, and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, greater works than these shall ye do. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was his mind, his will. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Mm-hmm. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and giving, give, excuse me, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been talking about the things of the Spirit. <clears throat> but later, when we're talking about the mind, Paul even tells us how that mind is to think. Whatsoever things are pure, holy, of a good report, if there be any praise, virtue, think on these things. So, in other words, our mind is to think on purity, holiness, mm-hmm. goodness. Any thought... Now, here's another thing. Just because a bird flies over your head doesn't mean you let it build a nest in your hair. Right. Everybody deals with thoughts that are unclean or whatever. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is that we are to bring our mind into subjection to the Word of God for purity, goodness, holiness, peace, how many people have troubled minds? But the Bible says... And, and, and Paul actually taught you can take every thought and make it a prisoner, prisoner and make it obey Jesus Christ. Bring it captive. Every thought can be brought into captivity. Mm-hmm. And I love what even in the Old Testament, uh, and this is read in that we see this in the book of Psalms, the Bible says that God made known his acts to the children of Israel, but made known his ways unto Moses. So you can actually, by prayer and relationship get access or gain access to the ways of God. Jeremiah 33 said, if you'll ask me, I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. You can actually through prayer and as my father taught fasting, gain access to the ways of God. He'll show you his ways. And I tell you, when you pray and fast, it'll sharpen up the operation of the gifts. No question. Mm -hmm. I've proven that for many years. And I told the story of the demon possessed woman Mm -hmm. that Jesus delivered in Akron. I learned that in the early, early days of our ministry. Mm -hmm. And I've stuck to it because it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Mm -hmm. Your mother's been doing a study on what the natural results of fasting are. A lot of people talk about intermittent fasting. The cells of your body begin to repair themselves after 16 hours if you haven't eaten. And if you go 48 hours, cells that are resistant... Uh, to absorbing uh, sugar in your blood, insulin, whatever, mm-hmm. they became uh, they they get healed. And if you can go for three days, right, uh, your health, your skin, hair, 
She was showing me. These are actual studies that are done mm -hmm. and have been proven. But the Bible already told us in Isaiah, is not this the fast that I've chosen? Right. And actually, we started this teaching day about secret prayer and, you know, fasting. Yep. So I found, and you think about it, if your flesh wars against the things of the spirit and you fast, you're putting the flesh under, mm -hmm. that makes your spirit man stronger. Right. Um, yes, Luenda, I would say creative miracles fall under wonders as well. Things that people can readily see with their eyes. It's one of the four kinds of working of miracles. There are four manifestations of every one of the nine gifts, 36 manifestations in the Bible. And creative miracles. When Jesus created wine out of water, it was the very first miracle, was the creative miracle. Very first miracle. It was also a miracle of provision. As God provided man out of heaven in the Old Testament. So there are four kinds of miracles. And um, what did you say it was too? I just... I missed that. She's asking if it was part of, if it's a wonder, is a creative miracle a wonder? Anything that makes you wonder is a wonder. You know, what's interesting is Jesus' first miracle on the earth was a creative miracle, and his last miracle was a was creative, a creative miracle. miracle. The re his, his resurrection from the dead. Um, how do you release the power into your own body? Jennifer's asking. Singing, clapping of the hands, dancing. Before the Lord, not at the nightclub. <laughs> it's like the girl that was working in the Hampton Inn desk in Chicago, and I was preaching under the tent with Brother Shambach, and she was crippled in her leg. I said, what happened? She told us. I said, I'm going to pray that the Lord will heal you. She said, that would be wonderful. Then I can go back to the nightclub on Saturday. <laughs> I said, God's not going to heal you. Go back to the nightclub. Right. Uh, purpose is another way that is. You, you just purpose it. I'm going to yield to the Holy Ghost. I'm going to yield to the Holy Ghost going to yield to the Holy Ghost. Right. Sister Hollenberg's watching. Yep, we love her. Yeah, you, you, and you can even lay hands on your own head and, and release the power of God into your into Little your Teddy said last night when you were praying for Autumn, Brooklyn, yep. little Teddy said, when's he going to push her down? <laughs> <laughs> he said to me after the service, you didn't touch my head tonight. <laughs> um, Letty, let me just say, because we don't have time to do an entire more, more segment on fasting, but I wanted to give you this so that you could listen to it after the broadcast is over. If you'll go to my podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, Anchor, anywhere podcasts are, I've done um, all kinds of teaching on, on fasting on the podcast. And so if you'll just go back through, you'll see, um, you'll see episodes, and I'm, I was just looking to give you one. Um, episodes where I, I deal with the five supernatural blessings that fasting brings according to scripture. And obviously there's more, um, but I take, you know, over an hour to deal with those different things on the podcast. So if you just go to the podcast, search uh, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. on any podcast outlet and just scroll back through the episodes, you'll find different titles and, and teachings about fasting that will, uh, that will bring a lot more uh, Apple Podcasts. So you, you'll be able to find it. Just search my name, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., and you'll you'll see it. Yeah, and God's, it's an expectation, by the way, Letty, of every believer. Jesus said, when the bridegroom leaves, then my disciples will fast. So it's an expectation of Jesus, and it, it does bring supernatural blessing. It was called the three pillars of the church. When you pray, when you fast, 
And when, when you, you give, give mm-hmm. it's time to give. Absolutely. Well, let's pray, Dad, for everybody that's uh, that's watching and those that are those that are going to watch and the replay, and believe God for miracles and a hunger and desire for every person to be used in the gifts of the spirits and the, the, the spirits' power. And I also want to say that this year at our camp meeting, 2020, I'm going to have a night of impartation when I lay hands on everyone that comes to begin to operate and move in the gifts of the Spirit. So if you can possibly come to the camp meeting this year, it's April 28th through May the 1st in Worthington, West Virginia at Calvary Temple, Mm. and you'll be blessed in coming. You really will. Amen. And if you would like further information, go to my son's website, miracleword.com, and I'm sure he'll post it because he'll be there preaching and ministering right by my side. It's going to be great. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the working of yes. miracles, the anointing of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for those that are watching. First of all, I come against the spirit of cancer. Yes. Those Lord. that have been reaching out, I need to be healed of cancer. We say we're already healed on the cross, the past tense of the gospel, whether it's cancer or whether it's a cold. God, we receive your healing now in the name of Jesus yes, Christ. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heal the people that are suffering in their bodies today and their family members. During this Thanksgiving season, may our homes be filled with the spirit of Thanksgiving. Yes. I pray for those that desire to be used by you, Lord. Let the mighty Holy Spirit go through these lenses of the cameras in the studio through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, wherever it's being seen, Twitter. Let the anointing touch these men and women, young men and young ladies today. For those that have never received the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're saved. You believe Jesus is your Savior. May the Lord baptize you today. I command you to receive the Holy Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Name. Jesus' name. Bless my son, his family, all of our families, John, Megan, during this season. And may we have a stronger anointing as we go into 2020. Jesus' name. Amen. For every person that's watching on this Friday, let me encourage you to sow a financial seed today into this ministry. If you're on Periscope or Facebook, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section. Those of you watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, or listening on the podcast, you can go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed right on the website. Carolyn and I have prayed and asked the Lord, especially now we're coming into 2020, that God would attach us to at least a thousand people that would stand with us in partnership every month at a minimum of $85 a month. That's $1,000 a year, believing God for this generation to be shaken by the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's what we're pressing for, believing for, and that's what God's gonna do in Jesus' name. If you feel to be one of those, that would stand with us, you can go to miracleword.com and click the partner button. Thank you, sis. Thank you, Robert. And, uh, Thank and you, right Rob. there on the website, you can fill out a form and sew monthly. If you'd like to use Cash App, you can search for MWGive. I saw Letty on. That's her favorite method of sewing. Letty, we have a new... I, I did that because I, I, I got your message. It wasn't going through. We got a new cash tag for you. MWGive. And you can uh, find our ministry there on Cash App. Also, PayPal. 
You can use the, the email address info at miracleword.com on PayPal. And we appreciate you. Every person that's sewing this month, we're going to be sending you four plus hours of teaching in an album that's called Why Are Christians Sick and How You Can Be Free. Four plus hours of teaching on that subject. And then my father is also blessing you with this music CD. He's sewing these as well. Wonderful piece that he recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, songs that bring healing and help to your body and into your spirit. And uh, this is a phenomenal album. All of these guys that played on this are phenomenal, phenomenal players. And um, and our friend, Brother Rick Lloyd, helped to produce and engineer this album. And it's uh, amazing. This I did that at uh, TBN Studios. Mm-hmm. And a great shout out to Matt Crouch, a precious young man of God who I love, and his wife, Lori. You know, his mother, Jan, and Brother Paul opened yep. it up that we could go there and use the studio. Yeah. Even though at the time they were not using it to record, they were switching it over because they were preparing that studio to be used by Mike Huckabee for his weekly mm-hmm. uh, telecast. And Brother Huckabee does. Did you see Kelly Back was on with Mike Huckabee two weeks no, ago? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, was he? He did good, yeah. Played on played guitar on the program? Yeah, and he's on my CD there. Playing. Kelly's a great guitar player, one of the best I've ever heard. He's playing on the album. Bunch of other great players on here. And uh, it'll bless you. Thank you very much, uh, all of those that are sewing. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Robert. I, I saw uh, earlier people sewing. Thank you. And uh, Luenda, I see several of our partners that are on today. Luenda and Judy. and uh, I've seen a bunch of people on today. We've had a great crowd. We love you guys. We're going to be back. Uh, Carolyn and I will be back Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday. Don't forget, Wednesday is our uh, special prayer and breakthrough service on Periscope, Facebook, and YouTube. This coming Wednesday, the 27th, we're asking you to send in what you're believing for for 2020. We're going to print it out, lay hands on it, pray with you, believe God. 2020 will be a year of miracles, expedited answers to prayer. And, uh, and make sure you give something today because, do uh, you know, your countdown, you're getting ready to go on television yeah, all around the world. And it's amazing. Over a hundred and something million homes. This is how you can fulfill the Great Commission by a gift. Attaching it to yeah. soul winning. And so it's amazing. God's doing it. He's opening the doors. And we're thankful for every one of you. Don't miss this Wednesday. We'll be back again. Carolyn's going to be back with me also Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll not be having a broadcast on Thanksgiving Day or uh, the Friday after. We're going to have what we call a turkey. Turkey and then some leftovers with a moist maker in the middle. That's a piece of bread that's been soaked in gravy. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Didn't you feel to fast on Thanksgiving Uh, Day? No. No, I did not. (laughs) Because I only bought a small turkey. Very small. What's everybody else going to eat? Thank thank you. you, Who was that just gave? Gina Matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And uh, it's going to be great. So I want you to have a powerful weekend. Now, tonight is the final uh, night this yes, week. Yes, Arthur. Of the, uh, of the revival at Calvary Temple. Aren't Seven you preaching Sunday too? Sunday is the, yeah, the final day, total day. Tonight's the final midweek, or uh, what you call weeknight service, Friday night, 7 o'clock. It'll be live on Facebook. I believe it'll be the most powerful one. Because Absolutely. last night, I saw some things in the spirit. I was encouraging him. Sometimes God will send a move to a region, a region. And last night, Teddy was used of God to preach over into, oh, what a time of joy, 
blessing. Uh, did you save that on your? Uh, that people it, can watch it's it? still on the Facebook. People can go back and watch. Oh, it was great. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, tonight's going to be great. I'm and excited. tonight will be even stronger. God mm -hmm. always works in layers. Increase. Amen. First the blade, then the air, then the full corn on the air. Just keeps growing and growing. And although you might have your own home church that you attend on Sunday, because uh, we're going to be continuing Sunday morning and night, but uh, for those of you that are anywhere close, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, I want to encourage you to drive in for tonight. It's going to be great. Yeah, Kentucky, California, wherever you are. Drive. Don't drive from California and catch a flight. You know, Arthur an and his brother come to camp meeting every year from California, as do a few other people. I know it. And uh, it'd be great to see you. We love you. Have a powerful weekend. And uh, we'll see you again tonight at 7 and then Monday morning, 1030. Love you. God bless you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.